Welcome to Cowl Fans, a popped-off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the First Brandon Studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alurumor. I'm Haller. And we're going to start with the Florida's latest news. Yes, the Florida's latest news. The Florida's news. latest news. It's <laughs> hard to call it anything else right now. It is. And yesterday, uh-huh. they made announcements that we were 100% expecting. Let's be honest with ourselves. They made at least one announcement we were 100% expecting. I was honestly expecting both of the announcements. So these really? announcements, yes. Okay. So these announcements were that the Mayhem has officially released Tvik and SNT, formerly Awesome Guy. Right. And it, it seemed a little bit different. So it seemed like to me, Tvik was released. And I think this, this one I agree with you. Right. Totally saw coming. A little bit surprised because I thought, because there's, there's the rumor of the three trades, right? Karayan, Gargoyle, right. and Myunbong, which we still haven't seen. But that's, that's the rumor. So you figured they were still at 10 players um, before yesterday. Um, so they needed to clear up a spot if they were going to sign up all three of them. Yes. So I was expecting, and I think we talked about it on the show, you, you wouldn't not... You would get rid of SNT as a player, yes, but you would promote him to an assistant coaching role. But they got rid of Tavik. I'm like, okay, they're going to keep SNT on the roster and they're getting rid of Tavik. And then SNT, that was more of like a resignation. He's still continuing as a coach in, the over, in, in Overwatch. He wants sure. to continue, but he didn't want to be with the Florida Mayhem anymore. Mm. Um, and he thanked Matt and John, the president of Mayhem, for being like understanding during that time. But I found that very surprising, and I'm a little bit worried now that we've had two Korean coaches leave our all-Korean team. Like Mineral, okay, Apply, who I don't think we mentioned yet either, so Apply was also officially released. Um, right. And Tavik, like, all these things make sense. We're going all-Korean. But I was surprised to see our Florida staff go, or our Korean staff go, especially considering how few staff members we really have. That's true. Because unless they're just not making announcements on certain coach pickups, we just got the one guy who, yeah. based off some Instagram posts, does look like he is in the States. Thank goodness. Yeah. But that's it. So... Uh, I understand that, and that's not a good place for us to be. We've already been yeah. there. We were already there when we started with Mineral. We can't go there again. That's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. So they definitely need to be putting in more for their coaching staff. Yeah. Um, but they do have a lot of management, even though they don't have a lot of coaching. That's true. The, the organization is definitely much more fleshed out than it was before. Right. So, so a lot of managerial roles shouldn't be falling on to, I don't even remember the name of our new coach, um, like they were on to um, Mineral. Right. So that'll, that'll be helpful, but you're right. We do need more coaching staff. The reason I'm really not surprised that SNT's leaving mm-hmm. is because SNT came in with Ryder, who left on not even amicable terms. <laughs> True that. Right? Okay. So you've got the guy who brought you here. He's gone in an unfriendly right. manner. And then you're still here. You're not playing. You're considered a player coach. You're really the right. backup tank yeah. who offers a little something-something on the side. But you're not going back to become a player. You're not. It's not going to happen. 
And so I don't really, I'm not really surprised to see this guy transition totally away from playerhood and not want to stay on the mayhem because they released the guy who really got him here. Yeah, but he also, he came from a team that had Saya player and Chris on it in Korea. He came over with Saya player and then Chris was brought onto the roster who also used to play with them. So it's not like he didn't, like Ryder was his only connection to the mayhem. He still has two of it. I like, I, obviously I don't know what their actual relationship right. is, right? right? But two of his longtime teammates, even before things started to get rough, as I'm sure it was with the mayhem, right? Um, they were still there. So. I, that's true, but it's, I mean, if you've, ever, if you've ever transitioned from being a teammate to being a coach of those teammates... That's not an easy thing to do. I can't say I have. You can't say you have. <laughs> you know, trying to be a leader in a leadership position well, true, from yeah. a position of being a peer is a difficult transition to make. Mm -hmm. So I really don't feel like One that's that a great. Mineral made. True, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, it can. It can definitely so, be. So I, I don't. I, I'm still. It just doesn't strike me as surprising. I expected him to be at least off the roster, yes, if not totally out too. of the mayhem's sphere. And here it is. So I just maybe it's surprising for some people. It's not surprising for me. Um, the next little piece of news really isn't Florida news, but I think it's relevant to Florida's future. Mm. And this is the Fusion University. They, for the next season of contenders, are going to be playing through Koreans, Korea's trials. Yeah. So they're going to be playing Korean trials. There it is. That's why I so, said Korean. If you're not too familiar with how Contenders is set up, um, there's a number of teams that automatically qualify based off of their placement in the season before to be in Contenders, which is the basically the minor league to Overwatch League. Um, now, Fusion University is the academy team of the Philadelphia Fusion. They have decided to leave the North America East division of Contenders mm -hmm. and go to Korea. And since they didn't place in Korean contenders, they have to go through what's called Korean trials, which is where it's organizations... It's basically a play-in tournament. Yes, a play-in tournament to get into those last open spots in Korean contenders. Right. So the reason this is significant for Florida is because Florida's taking this season off of contenders, mm -hmm. and they're rebuilding their contenders roster to be more in line with their team's vision right now, yes. which is, let's go full Korean. Right. So... I didn't think these teams could just move. Neither did I, <laughs> So, <laughs> to be honest. But with Blizzard imposing a minimum player requirement for you to have a certain number of people from your home region, yes, I can see Florida moving to yes. having a Korean roster in Korea. Definitely. This has mixed implications, good and bad. Yes. So... For right now, this has generally good implications. We want to build talent for our team. That was Fusion University's exact statement was our Korean, or our not even our Korean, our contenders roster does not exist to create North American talent. It exists to create Philadelphia Fusion talent, mm -hmm. wherever that talent may be. And this is a big deal right. because they currently have too many Koreans on their team so that they would have to remove some of them to be able to stay in North American contenders. Or they could remove Snilla. Right. Um, and so what they've done is they've said, if we move to Korea, we get to keep the majority of our roster intact. Yes. This is the 
team of people we want to build up to come into the fusion Philadelphia Fusion, mm -hmm. and so we're going to move them to Korea because that's where they're going to be able to stay together, and we're going to continue to build this team. Mm -hmm. That's smart. That, yeah, that's it a, seems like a great move to the org. That's a plan that makes sense for them. Florida has totally dropped and has to rebuild. So it, it from a from a I want to build talent for Florida. Florida's all Korean. Being in Korean contenders makes sense. Yes. The problem is. Going into the 2020 season, there's a really high chance of your scrim partner being your contender's team if you have one. That's a good, very good point. And so what this means is, while Florida may be playing the long game in trying to create a sustainable feeder organization into their, org, their main roster, this means that their contender's team wouldn't be able to be that scrim partner that Florida Mayhem probably needs in a desperate kind of mm -hmm. way and will almost certainly need again next year. Provided you're expecting them to all be housed in Korea. Right. Well, they would kind of need to be, otherwise they're playing on a crazy high ping. Ping, which Philadelphia Fusion was. Like, a right. lot of them were playing from Korea, and they didn't smash as hard as they did at the Atlantic Showdown, but they were still... a quite a formidable team. It's true, it's true. But so, you, it, it can work, but yeah, you would expect them to right. be housed in Korea. So, that's a, that's a challenge. For so, sure. what Florida's going to do in the future is, re it's, really good, it's really sort of a, it's just sort of an announcement that has implications for Florida, but we don't know what Florida's really going to do yet. Yeah, so. I think the other implications that I thought of, too, is um, now that this move has been done, it sets precedent for teams like the Vancouver Titans, um, and then if the London Spitfire, the New York Excelsior wanted to go back and have more of a Korean focus, to have more of a feeder into their main org, um, now they see, oh, well, we thought we were just locked to our region, so we didn't really care. We just did it as a way to connect with our home fans. Maybe we should be using this as a funnel for our main org. Let's get involved in Korean contenders. Ultimately, I have a feeling that Blizzard will decide to revoke their abilities to do this in our future. I yeah. think this is ultimately going to be bad for the contender scene because mm -hmm. I think what we're going to wind up having is these Korean teams that we do have all just migrate to Korea, which yep. is going to leave the North American scene with nothing, which is going to make Blizzard go, wait a minute, we have an entire region yes. that was full Especially of... Especially considering they just split North America into right. two regions. That was regions. full of talent and impact <laughs> and is gone now and we need it back and I think they're going to, I think they're going to be forced to lift that minimum player requirement mm -hmm. from your region. I think they're going to be forced to lift the region lock, and I think they're going to be forced to say, you have to play in your home region, but you can bring in anybody you want. Now, the other thing that Fusion University said was, it's much easier for people to get visas, especially in contenders, to go to Korea and play than it is to come to North America to play. That's a different issue. That's n there's n almost nothing Blizzard can do about that. They could sort of petition yes. with the government to make more visa channels available. But for the most part, that's just sort of is what it is. But in the long run, I have a feeling that Blizzard's going to go, hold on, this isn't good for the scene. Because I don't mm. think it is. I don't think it is good for the scene. Yeah, I think it's it's probably good for the, the Overwatch League teams, but not good for the scene in general. And it's, it's also bad that there's a dichotomy there. That's mm -hmm. something that would be good for the Overwatch League teams is bad for the Overwatch scene. So there, there's something broken in the formula. I, yeah, it, the real problem is that everybody continues to lean on Korean talent must be the best. Yeah. Right? And everybody sort of still has that leaning. And I don't think Fusion does which is why I think that this was a really mm -hmm. smart move for them. But 
even though Fusion doesn't have that leaning, there are plenty of people out there who still feel that way and think that way. Yeah. And so, with mixed rosters really being the future of the Overwatch League, having something that's going to limit you like that is only going to be bad for mm -hmm. the scene of Overwatch as a whole and for the Overwatch League, honestly. Mm -hmm. Having having teams migrate to be, to Korea to farm up Korean talent for their mm -hmm. all-Korean rosters really just says, this is a Korean tournament. Right. This is not the global league that everybody was hoping for. Mm -hmm. And so they really are going to have to lift that, I think. Yeah. And while Koreans will continue to, I think, be the intense, higher population for a while, I don't think there's any chance of that going away if teams mm -hmm. just decide, ah, we're just going to move our contenders team right. to Korea. And That's then not work. one other note, just to say that Fujian University also in that letter basically said, we've won every tournament. This is this has not made us any sort of a profit. We need to be just having this actually be a funnel for our league, for, right. for our main Overwatch League roster, to, for it to make sense. And it, like you've seen that, three Overwatch Academy teams have fallen apart like in the past two or three weeks. So something seems broken in the system. I think they made some good changes this year, but there definitely seems still there's a lot more work to be done. Right, for sure. So we'll keep that we'll keep that in our in our yeah. minds. But, but that's probably going to be the last we talk about contenders for a while. So that's hope, true. Hope you've enjoyed the break <laughs> because we're about to get a whole butt ton of, of Overwatch, Overwatch League. League. Thank goodness. Oh man, it's going to be great. It's going <laughs> to be glorious. Let's start with our standings. Let's remember our standings. Can, All right? We have to? We have to. Oh, we have okay. to. All right. At the bottom of the standings. Oh, let's just start there. That's, okay. This is what we're going to do. Is Florida with one win? Uno, uno. We're number one. We're number one. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and really, I just want to talk about the bottom of the standings, as okay. far as standings, because our top of our standings are... Vancouver, San Francisco, New York. Yeah. Guess who it's going to be at the end of the season? Vancouver, San Francisco, New York. Like, nobody would be surprised by that. Maybe Atlanta nope. shows up as a wild card and shows up in number four, maybe up, yeah. uproots somebody, whatever. That is what it is. And then you have the, the center chunk, which is going to be full of It's going to be movement. awesome. Everything's going to move around a <laughs> it's ton. It's going to be super exciting. It's going to be a very exciting stage three and four, seeing really where all the cards wind up landing. But then you have these bottom four teams. Mm -hmm. Now, these bottom four teams, I think, have a maximum of three wins, if I'm remembering right. I can, uh, no, I can't pull it back up. Doggone it. I need to take better notes. <laughs> Anyways, the bottom four teams are the Valiant, the Outlaws, the Justice, and the Mayhem. Mm -hmm. None of them have won more than, I believe, three, maybe four games. Yeah. And it's a significant drop-off from the next team up from these four. Paris is sort of close, and then it's a huge drop. Then, it, yeah. yeah, I think Paris is at like four or five. Yeah, so these four teams are all but out of contention for the overall 2019 mm -hmm. season playoffs. Yeah. Now, the only way that they gain any potential contention for this is if they basically have a perfect next two stages, yep. which as long as our top three teams consider to exist. Yes. You know, we it have those, seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. There's not even a meta shift coming into this stage. Not so that it's we not can like see. you can like capitalize on some kind of meta change and suddenly burst out like you're dealing with the same exact stuff that you just failed at in the last stage. Right. Now, obviously Valiant have made some significant adjustments to their roster. Yep. So have the Mayhem. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not aware of the Outlaws or the Justice making significant adjustments to their roster. Justice have been doing it. Justice were doing it progressively. So you've already got to see the Justice changes, and then Outlaws are um, stuck. Are yes, are, the Outlaws are, are basically stuck. In ownership limbo. Ownership limbo. That's a rough place to be. Yeah. So these four teams were basically out of contention. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that there's really only 16 teams playing for the potential 12 spots right. that, that gets you in a playoff potential, mm-hmm. um, which is actually really great, right? Because that means if you nix the top six teams, if we just imagined for a minute that the top six teams were just going to get in, that means we have 10 teams that actually have potential to wind up in this play-in tournament for playoffs, right. which is a pretty significant, actually, mm-hmm that more teams haven't sort of dropped out of the pack. Yeah. So this is great, I think, for the league as a whole. I think it's going to be excitement levels as we go ahead, go Mm -hmm. forward. I think they've done a really good job, especially with this going into 12th place for play-ins. I I think they've done a really great job of creating hype throughout the entirety of the season. I think this is going to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, A thing of note. I have a thing of note here. Oh, okay. Okay. After this long break, in our first week, we're going to have Atlanta who were the undefeated champions of New York Excelsior <laughs> and nothing else. And then who, who did they lose to? Valiant as oh, well? Yeah, they were the first loss against Valiant too. Yeah. Anyways, but Atlanta, who, who turned their stuff up and said, this is how we beat New York, are going to be showing up, and in the first week of this stage, they play the Titans and the Shock. They play both of them. In the same week. I'm, I'm confident that that is what's happening this week. Oof. So after destroying Oof. third place two Oof. weeks in a row, two games in a row even, we get to see Atlanta play the big boys. Atlanta, we really don't have high hopes for you, but no. we will be greatly entertained if you show, show us some fun. Yeah. Like, that's going to be... This is, and this is, I think, going to be a fun... Uh, test of where Atlanta really is. Because mm-hmm. them losing to the Valiant and then winning as New York made us all go, I don't know what to think about Atlanta. Yeah, they're, they're the big wild cards coming into stage three, especially considering nothing is changing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the expectations you had in stage two can really stay intact coming into stage three, except for teams that have made roster moves. Right. But Atlanta Reign, I don't think we ever figured out, as you're saying. Like, they didn't. I don't, I don't know. So, <laughs> so. What? Are they good? Are they just good against the New York Excelsior? We, we don't know. So it's going to be a fun little, uh, that's my thing of note for this week, is there's just going to be this fun litmus test going into this week uh-huh. of being able to see just how much Atlanta stacks to the mm. other top threes. But I would, I would warn against tuning into those games expecting a good time. That's true. Realistically, it's probably not going to be a good a good showing from well, and even or at least it, it's going to be a win for the even even if we went number. down right the teams right underneath New York that are right. maybe that I mean they're really not fighting for that third place spot New York is way ahead of them right. all things considered but even those teams right underneath there they just they're going to get rolled yeah and so even if Atlanta really is better than New York there's a real potential of them getting rolled still yeah because New York basically got rolled too right so it's it's just going to be it's. In their getting rolledness, I think mm. it will be interesting to see really where they stand. Yeah, see if they can get a quality <clears throat> loss. That's yeah. what you're hoping for. That's really what you're hoping for. So it'll be cool. 
Yeah, Anyways, you've got some games for us to look forward to this week. Yes, yeah, so I've got one game that I'm really looking at going into next week. And these are it's going to be a match between two stage playoff teams from the last stage that had disappointing showings against good teams. Mm. And I think are both going to be looking to come back strong and prove that they are as good as we were thinking they might have been before the stage playoffs happened. All right. And that would be the Friday match between the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Dallas Fuel. Mm. Um, I have these teams basically neck and neck in my power rankings. It's been a minute since I looked at them, but I think I have them like as fifth and sixth. So two very, very good teams, in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of the matchups in this are going to be very interesting. Um, I think like Roar to OGE, these are two tanks that I have high opinions of, but I think have always been just just a cut below really making themselves like one of the star main tank players. Right. Um, but still one of the stronger main tanks in the league. Um, I think Note's very good. I have less of a high opinion of Void, but I still think he's one of the better divas in the league regardless. Um, I just think, I think it's going to be a really good matchup, especially I, I'm expecting on the Overwatch League desk, when they go in to discuss this match and they say, what are you going to look out for to see who's going to come out on top of this team? Because I think this is going to be one of the matches that they hype up. Okay. Um, they're going to be looking at the Zarya battle. Yeah. And I think that's going to be important. I think D, uh, not DM, Decay and AKM are the best pieces of each of their respective teams. I would personally okay. make an argument for Zachary, but I'd understand the AKM argument. In their stage playoffs against Vancouver, I, I felt like AKM was all, the only person who was really impressing me. Okay. Um, so I think this is going to be a really good matchup. I favors Decay, but I think this is going to be a good matchup. I wouldn't be just surprised if it decides it, but really what I'm personally looking out for is Shaz. I think if mm. Gladiators come out winning this and winning it convincingly, I think it's going to be on the back of Shaz. I was very high on Unko in Season 1. I haven't really just felt like there was, there's been big Unko pop-off moments in Season 2. Okay. He's been a bit quiet for me. I'm really looking for him to step up in this game. Because otherwise, I, I see the big dichotomy between these two teams is going to be in that flex support role. That's where the big gap is going to be, and that's where I, I would put my advantage in the Gladiator's corner because of that. Um, I think the Dallas right. Fuel win, it'll probably be on the back of Zachary. Um, I don't think hydration is quite the level of break at, that Zachary is, but I, I feel like the gap is a bit bigger in the flex support area, and I feel like that's a more impactful role. So that's what I'm personally <laughs> watching out for. But the Zarya battle is going to be dope, too. I think there's a lot of cool matchups. The Lucio battle should be interesting. This is going to be a really good match. Unfortunately, it's at, like, midnight and a half. Eastern time. Eastern time. So um, at least it's on a weekend. It's a Friday. <laughs> you could sleep in Saturday. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, should be a good one. Awesome, awesome. So, we're going to talk about Florida's upcoming Stage 3. Yes. Right? So, first off, to kick things off, on Thursday, first day of Stage 3, so we don't have to wait very long. Second match of the day. Second match of the day. Florida's going to play Seoul. Mm. 
Florida's gonna play Seoul. <laughs> yes. Um, Honestly, it's been so long since I've watched either of these teams play okay. that I'm like, you know, I don't know what to look out for, really. Florida's changed their roster so much. I'm not sure what to really be paying right. attention to to Florida. I don't really remember Seoul having... Seoul, Seoul switched up their game so many times throughout the first yes. two stages that I'm like, I don't know what to look for And now Seoul. they have new players coming in with Hailey and Illicit. Are they going to change up their roster again? Because they seem like they just changed their starters every stage. And especially the first two weeks of a stage, they're really kind of throwing pasta at the wall and seeing what's going to stick, right? Right, so... This could be, this is a good, <clears throat> this is sort of a good wild match. It could, yeah. it really feels like a toss-up. Mm, I think it's a lot better to be facing Seoul now than later. That's true, because later they'll have their stuff figured out at the end yes. of the stage, just like they always do. Yep. And they'll switch it for the next stage again, because mm -hmm. why? Why not? Right. No. So we've got that, and then they're not going to have any footage to watch of us. So they're not going to be able to just be like, okay, well, these are the players we think are going to work best against right. Florida, if, if that's something that the coaches would want to do. Um, they don't really have that ability because you don't really know how Florida is going to gel together. Like you have to watch two, you have to watch Valiant Vods to get a sense of how Fate's going to play, um, and then you, you need to, to watch, watch Old Florida. You have Byram. to watch Ken contenders for Byram. Are we going to play Byram or are we going to play Hagapun? You don't really know. Like this is a hard thing to prepare for. They might have a little bit more inside knowledge based off of like scrimming at least to know who Florida's playing. They probably have an idea if they're scrimming with Hago or, or Byram. Right. But you don't really have a good sense of how this team has come together. How are they gelling? How how is their play style changed with the addition of Fate? So I think I mean we're going to have an advantage in that surprise and I think this is a good team to be coming up against early. Yeah. So I I still would hesitate against setting expectations too high. Um, a win would be fantastic, but this should not be if we lose. It's like every, game over. It's not. Like, did we not time to hit the panic button? Seoul is one of the better teams in the Overwatch League. Right. They are upper mid-table. Now, let's talk about the rest of their stage. Right. You've got some um I've got some cards. handy little uh, helpers here to just... All right. For us to look at. So we're going to start with Seoul. So we're starting with Seoul as we're discussing, right? Our next game in week two is going to be against the Paris Eternal. All right. This should be a much more winnable game, but I think I'm just going to go through these. Just go through them. And then we'll come back and discuss the game. San Francisco Shock. Scheduled loss. <laughs> Houston Outlaws. These are both going to be in week three. Week four, Hangzhou Spark. And then week five, the, Atl the Atlanta Rain homestand, we will play New York on Saturday and then Atlanta on Sunday. Now, you can really kind of group these into three categories. Yeah. So we've got bottom table teams, and we've got upper mid-table teams with the Spark, the Dynasty, and the Rain. And then you've got your top-tier teams, the Shock and New York. Yeah. So these two games, we can't be expecting really anything, right? No, we're expecting to get rolled over. If we, if we win these games, we're talking about that scenario of we're looking at perfect stages. Holy crap, we're going to somehow make it into the playoffs. With a we, lot we of We pulled off. This is the miracle. That's this, the miracle. This scenario, victories here, this is the dream, the miracle, the Hail Mary, okay? That's true. But 
don't expect it, but holy crap if it happens, right? So that's what these these can be categorized as. Yeah. Um, if you win any of these matches, these are really your, these are your better than expected. These are your litmus test matches, right? Yes. These are the, we're winning these matches, any of these matches, means that our switches and our changes make sense and are working. Uh, and are working better than you could have possibly ever hoped. You right. are now breaking into the upper half of the league. You, you win any of these matches, we're looking like a stage playoff contender. Yeah. Which is a, would be a wonderful place to be with our rework, but... I want to warn against making this the expectation. The expectation we should have for our team is are these two matches right here. I think if we want to say that this rework was successful, bringing Fate onto the roster and maybe replacing Byram and Hag with Haga or replacing Haga, Haga with, with Byram. Byram is a successful move. It's going to be beating these two teams. I think these these are the reasonable matches to look at. Um, I, I think there's definitely a lot of potential to beat these teams. Neither of them have made roster moves. Paris has just been kind of looking worse and worse. Yeah. Um, I definitely consider them as, like, you, you said the bottom four. If you want to make a bottom five, there's an argument for it, and it's definitely <clears throat> Paris that would be in that conversation. So this is the expectation. If we can win both of these matches... We're on the right track. We're on the right track. If we lose these matches, I give you permission to hit the panic button. That's fair. Right? Um, especially since this is week two, this is week three. It's not like we're facing them right away. We have a little bit of time. We only have to prepare for them. And in week three, it's San Francisco and Houston. Don't bother preparing for San Francisco. Win this one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right? And then, and then these games, you know, if we win them, that's great. If we can win two of these, we're in stage playoff contention because that's four wins. That's it. So these, these are the throw-ups. I wouldn't expect them too much, but... I would categorize these in your mind and have these be your expectations. I want to I want to put something out on the table though while we're talking about this is that I think the table's full right now. It, well, <laughs> <laughs> is that this Atlanta rain game? Yes. We're going to be having it in Atlanta. Yes. Which True. means which means first off, this is going to be the biggest chance for Florida fans to show up to anything ever. Mm -hmm. which could be really good for the team's morale, yeah. which we saw how Dallas performed at their own homestand. Mm -hmm. They did very good. Yes. Overall, they were performing better at their homestand than they have been. Outlaws also exceeded expectations despite losing to the Dallas people. Right. Like, they only took a map, but, it man, was it was than... way more competitive than we would ever expect that exactly. map to be. Exactly. So, I think to say, I think... I think there's a chance for this this game in particular to really be mm -hmm. sort of a a, a loopadoo. <laughs> Thanks for that. I've been practicing that. A loopadoo, and and this could really go either way. Even even if Florida's not doing a good job, even yeah. if we hit that panic button, mm -hmm. I think there's still a potential for them to come out and go, "Oh, look at all these yellow shirts in here." Yeah. Because, I mean, so either the scenario is you show up to the Atlanta Rain homestand, there's no Florida fans, and then it's just like an average day in L.A. because we have no fans. <laughs> like, Anthony's, Anthony's going to be there, there, I think. So they're still going to have Anthony. So worst case scenario, business as usual, but a little bit louder, right? Right. Um, it's going to be like playing an L.A. team for them. 
But if there are Florida fans and they are making some noise, this is going to be the first time they've ever had a crowd any real bit behind them. It'll be good. So, yeah, I think you're right. There could be some potential for this game, too. And especially since this team is such a wild card, like, I think these two have, for the most part, really proved themselves as an upper mid-table team. Atlanta Lost has been a bit confusing, right? So, depending on how this team shakes up, like, I think that's another reason you want to watch how this team is performing, because you know you're going up against them at the end of the stage. You want to know what this match means. Exactly. So, and how, how much of an opportunity Mayhem can reasonably have to win it. So, yeah, I think that should be a really good one. I'm hoping it's going to be close. Yeah, I think it should be. I, just... I think it should be good. I would love for it to be close, too, and, like, we could start building this regional rivalry here. That would be a good thing, too. All good things. All good things. Um, I really think out of all these upper-mid-table teams, I think our hardest one is going to be... I agree. The Hunger Spark. Spark. They've looked really good recently. Especially when they put Crystal in their roster, right? You know? Yes. Like, that just made and a world even difference Ador for them. I think adding Crystal gave them new signs of life. And even recently with Adora, hasn't looked as bad as it did in the early stages. So, whatever they've been doing, they mentioned they want to go for a more aggressive play style. It really seems to be working. Gushui is beasted now. Yep. It's good to see that. IDK has been really making himself shine as a Lucio player. So I've got my eyes on them as probably the number four team. So under under your top dogs, Hangzhou Spark probably next. So that's going to be a hard match too. But yeah. yeah, if we can if we can pick up wins here, probably most reasonable are going to be these two. This is this is our stage playoff formula. The most reasonable fan stage playoff formula for the Florida Mayhem to get into the stage playoffs. Yep. So these are the games you need to be looking at. It should we lose any of these? So we'll get to find out really quick. Um, I would expect stage playoffs to be highly unlikely. But we would have four weeks before the spark, so maybe we can... Pull something magic out of that. Uh, yeah, but um, it's, it's going to be rough. Really, our stage to make stage playoffs would be stage four. I don't have all the teams off the top of my There's head. There's also no but stage it, four playoffs. Yeah, it looks a lot easier, but unfortunately, it's not... It's, there's no playoffs. Play but if you look at the teams, it's reasonable that Florida can go five and two. That's not a huge ask. Like right. it would be this stage to ask for them to go five and two. So I think things are going to be looking bright for the mayhem. But you can't. If we go two and seven this stage, you can't really like start crying like doomsday. Why do we go full Korean? The fate trade didn't work out. Yada yada yada. Right. We can't really make that call until the end of the season. Unfortunately, That's we, true. we've got a tough schedule. Lots of stuff ahead of us coming into the few, the end of the Overwatch League, the second half of the season, mm -hmm. as we as we make our way towards the uh, the finals. So, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, looking forward to seeing some of you in Atlanta. Would be great to meet a fan in Atlanta because mm. um, I will be going to Atlanta, um, even though Howler will not. Nope. But, but Howler will probably be at the. At the uh, Whenever grand finals. They, I'll be at the grand finals for sure. I'm looking to hopefully get tickets that go on sale on Friday. So I'm looking to buy them. Should I secure them, I will be there. Um, it wasn't too hard to do last year, so I imagine I should be able to get them again. Right. Um, and then, but coming up in stage three, Alonzo hinted at us for a little bit that uh, there yeah. should be a little bit of something going on in Tampa. So... Be there. looking forward to that. Hopefully, Follow the chaos crew. I'll probably be there. Hopefully, I'll drag this guy along, too. So I'm, I'm at the very do my least, best. if you're in the Tampa area, we'll see you there. Otherwise, if you're going to the Atlanta Ray homestand, home look, look for this geek. <laughs> All right. Well, 
We're so glad that you were able to join us for today's episode mm. of Cowl Fans. I'm working on my outros. I'm not really thrilled with any of them. Um, thanks for watching. Please make sure that if you like our if you like our show, give us a good rating, give us a thumbs up, um, and share it with your friends. Share with your friends. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. um, we're available on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and other major podcasting platforms. YouTube. Follow us on social media at Cowell Fans. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram is mostly behind the scenes. Facebook and Twitter is where you'll get your news. Um, big thanks to the Popped Off guys who help us with all of our graphical needs. And our, we're working on a little uh, intro reel with them right now. So mm. that should be fun once that finally gets in the work. Gets in the, once that finally starts working. <laughs> I'm struggling today. Um, so that's all we've got for you. Once again, thanks for being with us. I'm Alura Moore. I'm Haller. And we will see you next week. Bye.